This is the Opening Market Podcast for Tuesday on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Joe Camp of Comstock. Joe, what are we seeing taking place on the grains? Some strength overnight here for grain futures. Now, we won't put a lot of stock in the overnight action. That can be something that leads to disappointment here on a market where we're higher, yet not a lot of volume behind it. Need to test some of this overnight strength. But overall, improved attitudes compared to yesterday. We've got a mostly supportive outside environment, crude oil down a little bit along with stock futures, but we do have also that dollar index a bit weaker here. We you know, are hashing out some of the same storylines, primarily focused on what's going on down in South America weather-wise with that rain promised here this week. It seems like to start out, some of those showers are spotty at best, and that unfortunately was the expectation. It's just like it, you know, here is, is here at home where you're promised one thing and not necessarily guaranteed that you're going to get that in terms of moisture, especially when it comes after such a long drought. And we know that it's also this wetter forecast for Brazil, sandwiched in between what looks to be a return to this drier condition. Uh, that's linked to El Nino. It's something we brought up again last week with the meteorologists coming out and basically doubling down on their outlook for that El Nino to be really rather strong compared to normal and something that lasts probably well into 2024. So it has been mostly a soybean storyline because we're focused on those numbers that show Brazil has been almost all season at least 10% behind or more on soybean plantings and that they have to replant up to 20% of that crop here, but it extends into, when we talk about El Nino lasting early into 2024, that second safrina crop of corn in Brazil that they like to plant in January or February, not only will that planting window be pushed back already, but you're going to have that elevated likelihood for drier conditions to persist into that growing season. So that's been a bullish feature, uh, you know, in in a market that's otherwise uh, been pointed lower for corn and wheat in particular. Soybeans have had this strength, so that they're all going higher together here is still some signal that maybe we're close to these seasonal lows that we generally expect for the grain market about this time of year. Joe, staying in South America, what do we know about the new president of Argentina and what it might mean for the, I guess, agriculture business being done in that country? Right. A bit of a surprise, at least, that uh, the outsider candidate won by such a landslide. And it was something that would be expected to shake up um, that country in terms of politics there. And when you look at the link to politics in the grain industry, we know that for uh, several years now, Argentina's uh, had elevated export taxes levied on their farmers as a way to try to collect some currency and Um, and deal with what has been rampant inflation. Also, high inflation causing farmers there to hoard grain. And in a way, it's led to better export demand for other competitors like those here in the U.S. And that definitely drills down to what we've seen in the soy meal market. Normally, Argentina is the world's top meal exporter. Last year's drought cut supply. Brazil's going to take over as the number one shipper of meal, but the U.S. has gained a considerable amount of market share here, and we're on pace to have record soy meal exports, and that all goes back to the tight availability in Argentina. Back to the new president, in part, it's expected that he would take those export taxes away, and that could incentivize 
you know, more trade flow out of Argentina, but it's some time until we're really going to realize that. And the market has mostly shrugged that influence off for now and more focused on Brazil, north of Argentina, and then still back here at home, just in general, how tight stocks are on the soybean side. Soybeans kind of the main story in the grains. Joe, what are we seeing taking place in the livestock? We have had some strength to start the week for cattle now. It was uh, tentative. We uh, were sharply higher. Most contracts were at the open here on Monday. They had to back and fill, close some gaps, and then ultimately mostly closed higher here. And what we're seeing is that this is a positive response to the cattle on feed report from Friday afternoon. Uh, Finally, a bit of a bullish one relative to expectations. You had uh, placements up. But last year's number was a really rather light one, so that was taken into consideration. And ultimately, the total on-feed numbers and placements were below the anticipation in terms of pre-report trade guesses. So finally, some bit of a bullish response. We're always a bit worried that it's called you know, a cattle on-fade report for a reason and that sometimes we go the opposite direction of what the report maybe should say. But... Uh, in this case, we were selling off so hard leading up into the Friday numbers that we are, you know, on better footing, it seems, to start the week here and still focused on, you know, what has been the same theme here, which is tight fed cattle supplies on the front end, maybe some optimism of herd rebuilding, uh, you know, starting into early next year. So, Joe, the last cattle on feed report, we saw quite a bit of price movement that was pretty much directly tied into that Sounds like, based on what you just said there, you don't feel like that's going to be the case as much here. It's not as much of a a big bearish influence, of course, as that last one where we gapped lower and really continued uh, the change of trend. In in this case, again, since we were already sliding so lower here, it's a relief to have that report out of the way. And because it wasn't anything overly bearish like that last one, it was enough to spark some rebound buying here. And I that can follow through. So it is maybe linked to some uh, you know, better footing, but not an outright bullish or bearish report like we've seen in the past several. So back to those same fundamentals of watching the slaughter pace, seeing how uh, demand ramps up into the holidays, and then you know, gauging where numbers are going to be here as we finish the calendar year, which is you know, normally more friendly for prices, at least based on the, the future seasonal patterns. And then, Joe, in the hog market, as you look at the fundamentals right now and kind of what you're seeing, what do you expect seeing in the hog market here, I guess, going forward as we wrap up 2023? Yeah, we got a few more weeks, actually three until this December futures contract goes off of the board. And right now, December hogs just above 70 dollars per hundred weight are split between a higher CME cash index, which they base their settlement on, and mostly lower cash market averages in terms of the direct uh, reports we see every day. And so that can mean a couple of things that we maybe have some stability here in the front end and some convergence of the cash, hopefully upwards um, out there in the country towards that $70 mark. But then there's still potentially a weight or a pressure on these deferred futures getting into February at a premium of of above $75 here on the contract. Uh, That could portend a little bit of weakness here as we go forward, even though once we get into this January, February time slot, that's when we start to uh, predict that numbers are going to ease back here. And so it's still the opposite of the cattle where uh, as cattle are are very tightly uh, uh, wound on the front end supply, 
uh, and we have that optimism for herd rebuilding next year, it's the opposite for hogs in that uh, supplies are ample at the moment, um, but they're really going to start to be curtailed here uh, over the coming several months, and that can be friendly for prices later. Joe Camp of Comstock, our guest here today. Joe, I know you have a lot of great resources at Comstock. How can our listeners get in touch for more marketing information and to use those resources? Yeah, we write a daily report twice a day and plus uh, out on a market preview uh, that's accessible on Sundays. And that's all something you can get access to on the Comstock website along with all of our contact information. Joe Camp of Comstock, thanks so much for the time as always, Joe, and have a great rest of your week and a great Thanksgiving. Yes, same to you. Happy Thanksgiving coming up and we'll talk to you next week. That was Joe Camp with Comstock. It is time now for a check of the numbers. December corn up three and three quarters at 473 and a quarter. January soybeans up 13 and three quarters at 1381 even. December soybean meal up three dollars and seventy cents at 463.90. December soybean oil up seven cents at 53.18. Chicago wheat up one and three quarters at 545 and a quarter. Kansas City hard red wheat up a quarter of a cent at 610 and three quarters. Minneapolis wheat up two and a quarter at 709 and a half. December oats up nine even at 356 and a quarter. On the Merck, December live cattle up 20 cents at 175.67. January feeder cattle up 20 cents at 230.05. December lean hogs down a dollar and two cents at 69.32. December pork cutout down 17 cents at 81.27. And class three milk up eight cents at 16.46. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. <laughs>